Gosh, you and the copyrighted music. What's happening? Was that, what was it? Was it copyrighted? What was it copyrighted from? Uh, I'm sure that that company has that which song. Which company? Copyrighted. Can you name it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't I think don't. it's copyrighted then. <laughs> it doesn't matter, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think that's the way the law works, I, I think works, it's just a random fanfare my tongue made up. <laughs> okay. It sounds a lot like, dun 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 you know. Uh Oh, what is that? Twentieth Century Fox? Is that the twentieth? Sure. Or Univ- I, have, I get them all confused. Or is it, uni- or is so it no Universal? Idea. The one with the globe. Let's not point out who might sue us for something. <laughs> but it wasn't either um, of them. It's, it's a very okay. different tune. It doesn't count. Right, but then I did a little bit of it. So. It, that is like a because I had to clarify. It was like, a, like a fraction of a second. That is not even. I'll cut it out, and they won't. Even it wasn't know what even I'm close about. enough. We needed to, you and I need to have a talk about fair use and what constitutes fair use versus copyright infringement. Hi, thank you for joining us for Hysterical History, a broad perspective. I'm Alexis. I'm Haley. We were definitely, this is our podcast we were definitely not just about talking about copyright infringement. History and not about copyright infringement at all. Uh, this week or this half a month, this fortnight, sure. we're talking. Whenever. whenever. Whenever in time this happens to be posted, we're yeah. talking about uh, evil ladies. So we're, I'm doing an evil lady. Woo! Yeah. Woo! I did Sheila. You did Sheila. Oh, my girl Sheila. Who poisoned so many people with salmonella. Oh, so in, in some ways, my lady is the opposite of Sheila. Oh, okay. Um, she only murders people. Uh, yeah, she she doesn't use biological warfare. She okay. uses real warfare. And oh. she doesn't fake murder. She real murders. Well, there you go. Fake murders. <laughs> That sounds like she poured fake blood on people and was like, shh, shh, just stay down, just stay down. Shh, shh, it's not real. Shh, it's fake. Just pretend to go to sleep. Take it's a nap. movie murder. It's not real. Yeah, not a dirt nap. Just like an actual regular nap. Okay? Go to the pretend. Go to the pretend heaven. It's not real. This is just for Halloween. It's it's for the it's for the make believe. <laughs> anyway, uh, and that's how uh, fake murder works, kids. That is, yeah. But be careful, because it's, you know, a $100 fine. So. <laughs> yeah, from the fake police. <laughs> and four weeks and, of community service. And monopoly service. money. Yeah. Uh, so, and whereas your lady was uh, new, like, she's yeah. still she's I still mean, alive. She is that's, still alive. She's born in 1949, that's, that's so very, she's not that's too very old. very new. Uh, mine yeah. is not alive. I'm yeah. Mine is, Most of the people we talk about aren't alive. Mine is mine is really not alive. Oh gosh, right. I didn't even. I like get the vague dates, and then I completely don't put like when they were born. <laughs> uh, right. But I don't think we actually know when she was born. We know when she died. She died in okay. five ninety seven. Okay. Uh, A D. Yes. C E. Okay. Sure, that one. <laughs> um. Yes. I don't like those very I much. Know. I'm so used to the old way and like, I'm Christian, so I don't I care. Know. <laughs> it doesn't offend me. And, and I'm not. And I don't really yeah. care, but I, um, I feel that's a good time for me to just get it out of the way because we're going to be talking about Catholics a lot. Woo. As we often as do we, when we talk about churches. Time for Catholicism. But, oh man, when you're talking about the early Middle Ages, late antiquity, there's like there's nothing else to talk about but the church. Oh yeah. Well, and because who's keeping records? The Catholic Church. So it's only the church. Who can write and read? The Catholic Church clergy. I mean, surprisingly some of the rulers could. Or they, they were Yeah, that was back when they like sort of thought that was a good plan and then for a while that went out of style. There's <laughs> and then eventually they were like, You actually need to be really good at it and then it right. was confusing. So I need to so my lady's uh called Fredegund. Who Fredegund, Fredegund okay. who is a Merovingian she, uh queen from the uh, Frankish Frankish kingdom from the sixth century. Uh Okay, I don't know where any of those things let are. Let me see. So Maybe some modern geography. Uh, queen, opposite of king. Yes. <laughs> yep. I don't. I don't need that. I need the geography. Let me see. So not synonyms. I'm. I'm so ashamed of you right now. Antonyms. As a Frank file, you should know this. I'm For sorry. shame. You said Frankish, so I assumed it was in France. <laughs> so the Franks were. You know, this is the area that is now France, but 
The Merovingians right. were more of a Belgian slash German slash Dutch tribe. Okay. Because as I say, her name sounds real German. Yeah, everyone's going to sound super so. German and Dutch. And act, but they live in modern France. Yeah, they moved down because it was messy. Into back yeah, then. they kind of live like sort of in like the Paris region, sort of in oh okay, all over France. But France is significantly smaller. What we consider France then? Well, they live all over, but the people we're talking about live around okay. Paris. Okay, uh, but their language is definitely more related to like English than it is French. For instance, okay, it's more du- it's more right. Dutch. Uh, but mm-hmm. they probably spoke Latin more often than not. Right. Than we do. Then, <laughs> I never, I never I mean, speak Latin. Nobody does anymore, <laughs> really. But, you know, uh, I mean, oh. spoke a less or spoke a more Latin-based language than right. ours. Um, what do you think of when you hear Middle Ages? Um, castles and moats and horse riding and knights and disease and darkness <laughs> and uh, no, it's good. It's obviously good. I know that this isn't true because of my you know field of study but I think the general view is also like uneducated and um, unorganized and kind of desolate right uh, I wanted to ask that because that's like the first question that Jordan asks in her first uh, middle ages class so right. now you know. Of course. Now you know. Uh, I, th- I think when I took uh, my early Middle Ages class in college, someone raised their hand and said, dragons? <laughs> dragons. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, you, no. You never know. Gosh, I wish I could have seen her face. <laughs> Actually, people know Jordan was uh, it's uh, a professor. A professor. We, from a college we went we to. We both had. She was, she was amazing. Uh, yeah, history professor. So it, it's a thing that historians kind of get touchy about, that the Dark Ages are not a real thing. There, there's no such right. thing as the Dark Ages. And then suddenly the beautiful Renaissance where everyone's intelligent. Right. And there, there's awesome. no real time when everyone's just sitting around in the dark, like playing in the mud. Right. Which I feel <laughs> I need to get out and say because a lot of what I'm going to be talking about is going to sound really dark. <laughs> like like it's a perfectly appropriate for that time <laughs> <Right>. period. <laughs> uh, Beautiful. I didn't really know a whole lot about the sixth century. It was never one of my interests. I know extremely little. Right. Like, who cares? Who cares? The earliest I'm interested in, generally, is the Renaissance, and even that is a bit dull like to I me. I think, like maybe the like I'm much more into the Enlightenment. Maybe, maybe the twelfth century. Maybe. Like, I'll get into it for the Crusades. See, but by the 12th century, you could be arguing that that's almost Renaissance time. Like, like very, yeah, time. very early Renaissance. I'll get, yeah. yeah. And you got it for, like, the Assassin's Creed. You got to get in for, for, the, right. for the video games. Yep. <laughs> uh, Good old Assassin's Creed. So when, Creed. I was, when I was trying to pick a lady, um, it was it was occurring to me, and I think he ran into this as well. That like behind every every lady in history, there's there's a dude with with Taking with credit. a pen writing the history. Yep. So in in the story of Fredigan, that guy is Saint Gregory of Tours. <laughs> I almost thought you were gonna say Saint Gregory of Tool, and I was like, he kind of sounds like a tool. Saint Greg of Tool. Saint Greg the Tool. <laughs> Good old Greg the Tool. <laughs> and he's he's notable. He's extremely notable. He's the only person, he's pretty much the only person we have who has written anything about the Merovingians, and he wrote a 10-volume history of them. Oh, wow. It's not all about them. I guess a lot of it's, like, the history of the world. Some of it's about the history of, like, saints and miracles. Sure. Uh, but a lot of it, a lot of what we know, most of what we know about the Merovingians is all just from this one source, this one guy. Right, which is like that's great that we have the source, but that runs into the problem of bias real quick, real quick. Like, there's only one guy; we have no way to verify a lot of what he's saying. Right, and no matter how um, neutral you are, your opinions will seep into your writing almost imperceptibly to you. Right. So, <laughs> that said, I felt like I should tell you a little bit about Greg. 
Please do. Uh, Greg the Tool. What's <laughs> Greg up? the Tool. Uh, so he was born in Gaul. That's the Frankish France. Yes, I know where Gaul France. is. That's basically France. Yep. Uh, and he's mm-hmm. very Roman. Rome doesn't really exist anymore. But but the right. culture, the idea of Rome is still around. Uh, and he's, oh, he's yeah. the uh, upper class, civilized church guy who thinks of himself as mm-hmm. Roman. His close family was just filthy with bishops and saints. Just filthy with bishops. <laughs> filthy with them. Uh, it, like, his paternal uncle was a saint. Uh, that that okay. uncle's successor and one of Gregory's educators was a saint. The bishop who oh, held wow. Tor before Greg was a saint. And then yeah. he was, he's a saint. Like you, This is like people who all go to the same, like, Ivy League college, yes. and they have, like, a legacy yes. of being Harvard grads. Exactly that. And if you don't go there, you are shamed. Right. Like, I was thinking earlier. But with sainthood. I was thinking earlier, like, being a bishop and being a saint is kind of like, is like a brohood in this time. And that's exactly, yes. <laughs> like, you picked up on it immediately. Uh-huh. Like, you can't go five step in any direction without bumping into a saint or a tomb or something in this day. It's <laughs> kind of ridiculous. Right. That's crazy. And it makes sense why a lot of his history is about saints. Yeah. So according to him, he was linked to 13 of the 18 previous bishops of Tours by kinship. Oh, wow. So the being a bishop in this... I like it as according to him. According to him. He could have named any number. He's like, I'm just going to say 12. It's like, I mean... Maybe not. If it's... I guess if it's in the church record, there might be some history of it somewhere. Sure. But I don't like... I don't know if we have that record... Right. Like, who knows? Churches get set on fire a lot and lose records. His, his word might be the only word we have, possibly. Yeah. So being a bishop at this time is, uh, it's kind of a family role. It's kind of something you keep in the family. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like owning a law firm. Right. The, Which, fir- the, the um, bishop of Greg and Greg and Sons. <laughs> Saintship of Greg and Greg uh, and Greg. Yeah, <laughs> Greg and Greg and Greg. Um, that's that's true in the Bible too, at least early yes. on. That it's like specifically the Levites are the priests. So like in that way, I understand that and it makes so sense. So like the the biblical side of it mixes with the 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 Roman status side of it. He uses the word yeah. uh, senatorial to describe himself. Not interesting. Like not as a, a general adjective, but as a, a class descriptor. Okay. Even though, like, there are no senators anymore. Right. <laughs> there haven't been. There are no senators. He's like, but I'm pretty, like, senatorial, though. Like, basically, it's the same thing. <laughs> I'm, so... I'm pretty important. As he twirls his hair around like, his finger. He twirls his beard as he writes this. <laughs> Thinks about, like, how much better he is than all those, like, terrible Merovingian kings. Like, ugh, they're so dirty right. and terrible and they kill people and I'm so much better. Look at me. Look I can at me picture, writing all this stuff. I can picture how that's spelled from you saying it, but immediately every time you say that, my brain um, translates it to marriage Indians. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's not correct every time. Uh, it, it comes from a name, Merovich or Merovic, okay. uh, who mm-hmm. was, let me see. So Fredegon was married to a guy named Chilperic. And okay. Merovic would have been his uh, great grandfather if he had existed. He probably didn't. Her husband? Yes. Okay. So she wasn't royal. She married into royalty. Oh. Uh, so Merovic is where we get the word Merovingian, and that's the dynasty. Yes. After the Merovingians okay. come the Carolingians. And after okay. that, I believe Charlemagne. I might be wrong. Right. I've definitely heard of the Carolingians and obviously Charlemagne. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully everyone's heard of Charlemagne. No one. But yeah. no one, in you, general, most people don't give a hoot about anything to do with this area until Charlemagne. But, but that's true. what's happening in the area before that. Oh, fun. Um, so the Merovingians are considered the first, like, French dynasty. Okay. Um, when... Napoleon is coming into power. People try to discredit him by saying, well, where's your, like, fleur-de-lis uh, insignia? Where's all your trappings of royalty, et cetera, et cetera? And he's like, well, right. uh, he he goes back to Merovingian history, and they, they, oh. they bury themselves with little um, bees, they say, or possibly uh, cicadas. And so if you look Ugh. at portraits of Napoleon, he'll have, like, little bees all over his clothes. 
Interesting. So he's he's hearkening back to an earlier age, even than the huh. French royalty, back to like the first kings. I mean, that's smart if you're not connected to the current right. ones. He's like, I'm the original. I'm the OG. <laughs> OG. What? <laughs> so if you ever wonder why Napoleon's covered in bees, ugh, I hate bees, dude. <sighs> they're they're pretty terrible, but they're important because they do stuff. With flowers. Right. I love the tasty honey and the pollination. God love that honey. Honey. Okay, so Greg, or Greg, Greg the Tool, uh, there's there's no son anymore. He's, he lives in a world that probably seems kind of fallen to him, uh, in a sense, but it's still divided enough that there's like the civilized church slash Roman side of it, and there's the barbarian side, which is like Mm -hmm. the thuggish side. (laughs) <laughs> the roguish, the roguish side. side. And this is the guy who is our only source for all things to do with Merovingian history. Right. So you can maybe start to see his biases. Oh, This I'm is sure. not a guy who's telling history from the inside. No. Um, so he's... From the top. From the top. Uh, let me see. So he wrote a bit about... Um, like saints, the the history of the Franks, which is the ten book thing that he wrote, uh, his, right. his best known work, I guess. Uh, it's uh, it seems kind of modern. It's it's kind of a, a bit of bit of everything, bit of travelogue, bit of diary, bit of modern events. Okay. Um, he he was really big into like Saint Martin of Tours. Okay. St. Martin was a, a big deal. Sorry, this it seems like it has nothing to do with my, my lady, but I promise it does. But I right. promise it does. Uh, okay. St. <laughs> Martin is like crazy mad saint. He's like, he's okay. super mad. And he's angry. Uh, a lot of saints. Okay, lot. I thought you meant crazy. Yeah, right. No. Uh, saints are just really mad at this time. Angry at this time. Okay. Uh, early Middle Ages, late antiquity. Because of the heathens, or uh, people just need a lot of firepower. Like, okay, there are people. People believe in God nowadays, but in general, not really. Like, I would say that not fervently. Yeah, like because there exist countries where it's even possible to have a concept like the separation of church and state, the separation right. of the holy and the people in charge of leading. Like, if God were as real yeah. to people as, like, nuclear warfare or drone strikes, that, w- that <laughs> would not be a thing. In the, in the Middle yeah, Ages, different. God and supernatural were as real as nuclear warfare and drone strikes are to us today. So people right. like uh, Clovis. Have you heard of Clovis? Does that name sound familiar? Yes. So Clovis yes. was... Like, the first definitely real person. He was the mm-hmm. Merovingian king who converted to Christianity initially. Um, okay. And he was uh, Fredegund's husband's grandfather. So that's three generations back. Right. Uh, so people like him um, were Catholic not because they wanted to be good people. They didn't really want to sit next to the nice kids at the good table after they died. Mm-hmm. They converted because they wanted the drone strikes. And they right. believed they received them, and the church was super cool with that. They wanted God to rain down righteous fire. Right. And it's like, it's cool to have faith, but it's even better to have, like, powerful converted warlords who, like, <laughs> control huge armies and will make good on yeah. spiritual threats if anyone, like, tries to mess with you. Right. Um, so this is a lot of chit chat um, about the person who's not the favorite lady. But this is like the it's a complicated world full of violence and saints and like holy nuclear armaments. Um, but Gregory of Tours did not like Fredegund. He kind of he kind of okay. despised her, and he and he despised everyone in that third generation of Merovingians. I mean, you know, but it's I want to I wanted to preface all that like with the saints and stuff, which is is probably mm-hmm. not very funny. Uh, like he called Chilperic Fredigan's husband, the the Nero and the Herod of our time. Ooh, <laughs> wow, like, that's he got mm. super sassy with him. 
Nero and Herod. That's harsh. Uh, which Chilperic was, uh, he was really fond of uh, eye gouging. Oh. He seized church property. He appointed, like, just random people as bishops. Like, not even clergy people. <laughs> just, just random just, people. Just Steve from the Steve bar. from accounting became a bishop. Yeah, why not? Um, it's not that hard to go. <laughs> right? Which, as we've learned, uh, being a bishop is, like, a very a class-selective family operation. Yes. He even tried to, like, force-teach a new doctrine of the Trinity, which oh, that's which prayer is like oh, no we trust me the church has discussed this it's not going to happen ad nauseum. ad nauseum we've we've discussed it it's not going to happen right. i swear this is, this is before the nicene creed right that's in like 1030 something uh, i think i think so before it becomes like a big deal yeah. again but so this is still when it's kind of like up for interpretation i guess but so but. they like yell at each other a lot, and then they both storm off right. in a rage. And uh, Gregory wrote nasty things about him, and Chilperic was mm-hmm. like, "Fine, whatever." And he tried to invent new letters for the alphabet or something. <laughs> it, I love I love rulers it, who are just like, "I'm gonna do my own thing. Why are we doing fine. it that way?" And I'm like, "Like what? he's just please he's stop just doing this." Smart enough to like think he knows w- way more than he does. Right? It's silly and it's so weird, and I can't believe anything. Uh, but every everyone in this time period kills a lot of people. Fredigan kills basically everyone. Uh, but Gregory loved loved Clovis. He he thought he was mm. like the second coming of Constantine. He was like you know the the weird powerful ruler who converted to Christianity. You know mm-hmm. it's like this this narrative. He was pretty attached to it. Interesting. Uh, so he thought Clovis was great, but Clovis murdered every family member who got near him. His, right. Which is, I mean, at the time, not the least uncommon thing yeah, to do. Yeah, not uncommon. Uh, everyone in his family get his hands on. His his children, Clovis's children, were fatricidal lunatics. They, they killed oh. each other, like, as soon as they could. Clovis uh, right. divided his kingdom into four pieces, and each son got a Piece. Oh, that's not right. Good. Which is like always a bad you idea. Gotta just pick one. <laughs> which is always a bad idea. Just pick your favorite. Yeah, there's a reason why you usually just pick the oldest son and give it to them because then they don't fight. Yeah. But they fought anyway. Right. They each got a slice and they fought anyway. Uh, I'm sure. And, and with them, Gregory's like, uh, well, they'll do. I guess. I mean, at least they put like their weird killy impulses to, like, just on themselves, and they do good in other places. Right. But in the third generation, it's like, okay, now everyone's just ridiculous, and I hate everyone. They're because they're mm. killing the wrong people, and oh, they're and of then course. they're that's always the mistake. Right. It's not not that you're killing. It's just not, like, that not the one I want killing, you to. It's that they're killing the wrong people. <sighs> uh, so when as we're talking about this, this got me interested in Fredegund especially because we're talking about like dudes controlling the narrative, I suppose. Right. But um, outside that, that singular church narrative, I've, a few places are saying that Fredegan might be the inspiration for the evil stepmother from Cinderella. Ooh. Which nice. is, I, ugh, I just hate not having JSTOR and an academic lending library on hand to like right. double, yeah. triple fact check all this stuff. But sure. Like, keep that in mind is, like, if you take the same story and one of them branches off into, like, in, out into the world and goes where it might, and one of them is put down into a book mm-hmm. and kept pretty much the same for 1,500 years. Yeah, about that. 1,600 years. Um, this is how different they're going to be. Yeah. Her, um, Fredegund started off as... Uh, some people say variously either a slave girl or a concubine or a lesser wife. Um, okay. Something uh, not as not as good as she was later in life. Right. Um, of the of Chilperic's household. Uh, he was married yeah. already. Uh, uh, she was possibly a serving woman for the current queen, um, Adavera, I think. Okay. She works her way into the palace. And she convinces him to divorce his wife and send her to a nunnery. 
his wife to a nunnery. Yep. Interesting. She then possibly kills the wife or mm. somehow finds a way for the wife to be killed. All I can hear in my head is get thee to a nunnery. <laughs> get thee to a nunnery and then I will have you killed. Bye. Bye. Gotta kill. Double bye. Uh, so Chilperic's brother uh, had married a Visigoth princess who's very beautiful. Her name okay. is uh, Brunhilde. Beautiful Brunhilde. name. <laughs> Brunhilde. She, she's going to be Fredegund's like, arch nemesis for the rest of her life. Ooh, I love it. I know, I'm so excited. What a great name for your arch nemesis, Right? Uh, But they don't know that yet. Basically, Chilpert gets uh, jealous. He's like, I want a Visigoth princess for my wife, too. (laughs) Why can't I have one? I want, he has one. Why can't I have one? Come on. So then Chilpert marries another woman, Galswintha. Uh, Whoa. (laughs) He gets... These names, man. Uh, and I guess it, it turns out okay. Um, I think Gregory says something like, it, it was a generally happy arrangement. She came with a big dowry. Well, <laughs> they go hand in hand, I yeah. suppose. Like, this isn't, like, <laughs> holding hands by moonlight romance. No. Uh, so, but she isn't very happy there. She's like, look, you can keep the treasure. Can I just go home? I don't, I don't like it here. Mm. You're not a great husband. Right. Uh, and he's like, no, no, I don't think so. And then Gelswintha turns Ugh. up strangled in her own bed. Oh, no. And some people say that he got a servant to do it. And some people say right. that it was Fredegund who put, oh. put the word in his ear. Because... Who said, kill that lady? Kill that Visigoth princess. Uh, because <laughs> right after Galswintha turns up dead, uh, Chilperic marries Fredegon a couple days later. Oh, wow. That's, yep. Hmm. Uh, so, plot twist. Uh, Galswintha was the sister of uh, Brunhilde. I don't know if I mentioned that. You didn't. Oh. <laughs> I understand why they're enemies now. They're enemies, so they get word, and that kind of begins the feud. Uh, Ooh, so fun. Fredegon kills Chilperic's brother, Sigbert. Sigbert? Sigbert. I know. Like, they're, they're quote-unquote <laughs> French, but they're so, like, Dutch-Germanic. Right, which is why when you said it was, you were disappointed because it was in France, I'm like, they don't sound French to me. The word Fredegund does not sound French. No. It's so non-French, it's disgusting. Yeah, I bet you pronounced all of those yeah, letters. Yeah, like, I don't even know. It could be Sigibert. I don't, that doesn't sound quite right. <laughs> uh, no. Sigbert. Uh, so, and of course, like, the two brothers had already been fighting. She kills Sigibert's son, her nephew. Okay. Uh, and all this time, like, the whole Chilperic Fredegund versus Sigebert Brunhilde war has been going on for a while. Uh, eventually, Chilperic turns up mysteriously dead. Oh. Possibly murdered by wife? I mean, if you watch any true crime, you know that you look <laughs> it's to always the, the people closest to them. I mean, maybe, but also just like a ton of people were just sick of him sick of him and his right. antics. That's true. It's harder when they are the uh, king. When they are the king. And just like... Lots of people want them dead. Lots of people want him dead. Everyone's kind of at war all the time. Lots yeah. of murder. Lots of murder, death. Uh, so... And really nobody, you know, being put in jail for right. it. Right. So. I mean, they're... Uh, again, not the Dark Ages. Everyone's murdering everyone, but... We have right. to stress not the Dark Ages. They they are collect they're nope. collecting taxes. They have paperwork on like land ownership. Yeah, yep. um, they are civilized enough to not be sacking their own people because they are collecting taxes. Because right. as any, even the barbarian rulers know that it's not a good idea to sack your own uh, economic base. Yeah, and the better your people do, the better you do taxes yeah. wise. So. Hear that, politicians. <laughs> uh, so after that, like, she's still the queen, but the king is gone. So she takes, this is what everyone says, and I'm going to have a little rant here in a second. 
Okay. Because it upsets me, and I don't understand why everyone is saying this. Okay. Um, so they say Fredigan takes, like, all his money, all his treasure. She skips town and starts living in Notre Dame Cathedral as as sanctuary. Oh. Under protection of Jill Perrick's brother, Guntram. Okay. Um, that's impossible. Okay. <sighs> that's... <laughs> That's because Notre Dame that's Im- doesn't exist. Right, yet. that's impossible. <laughs> like I was like, I'm pretty sure that doesn't make sense. Did not, could not. So many things <laughs> wrong with this. Did did uh, not have the resources. A Notre, Notre right. Dame took centuries to build. Like yes. if Fredigan had taken sanctuary in it, that means it would have been like they would have started construction in like the what the fourth century. Constantine yeah. wasn't baptized until the freaking 330s. <laughs> uh, yeah. Second, they didn't they didn't have the technology to construct a cathedral that big or that elaborate. Right. Like in the 4th century or the 6th. That's that's like gothic architecture, that's stone. It's it's all stone. It's uh-huh. incredible. You look at 6th century yes, monasteries, beautiful. they're simple. Uh, very small windows because it's very difficult to build enormous windows into a stone structure that big. Right, and to get it not to just or to stay open, not to right. Fall like nowadays, we have steel yeah. like uh, infrastructure, not infrastructure. Yeah, um, reinforced, reinforced steel, steel yeah. like to hold things up. So that's why we can have huge open areas easily. Yeah. But it wasn't so simple back then. So you look no. at Gothic architecture like Notre Dame in the middle and high middle ages, and they're they're still building with stone, but you have these huge ceilings, enormous open spaces inside, with these huge, enormous stained glass windows letting in all the light. <laughs> they they right. have to invent flying buttresses to keep it from falling over. <laughs> oh, flying buttresses. Flying buttresses. <laughs> to keep it from falling over. The towers in the front are like right. 200 feet tall. Yeah, and that's a huge um, architectural uh, highlight an, in their it's history. It's a huge deal. Yeah, it, big achievement. And the Merovingians have taxes and some record keeping, but there's just no way. No. Anywhere near the organization or manpower or multi-decade spanning... Uh, like planning needed for that and and right i don't know who's saying i think on wikipedia lists like a book was cited for this so you know kids don't always mm-hmm. trust wikipedia even if it's cited sometimes the citation is nonsense <laughs> it's true so like the reason they give you the citations is so that you can follow up on them and make sure they're legitimate but, and sometimes they're not and, you, and they think it was done they think it was finished in the 580s i forget exactly when jill perrick died but it wasn't Mm -hmm. even started until the 1130s 1160s i forget right yeah and and it wasn't finished until the 1300s i don't like as much there's as much time between fredigan fleeing and the completion of the real notre dame cathedral as there is between the cathedral's groundbreaking, its initial construction, and uh-huh. the Apollo moon landing. <laughs> oh, it's man. like a 750-year gap both ways. Don't yeah, tell no. me she filed for sanctuary in the Notre Dame Cathedral. I'm not having it. Right. When you said that, I assumed you meant something that had been in the same place. Right. And we were just calling it that because... And uh, that's the most famous site that was there. And, like, that's what I was wondering, but there's no, mm-hmm. there's nothing about it on, like, its Wikipedia page. I'm not seeing any mention uh, of it in, in the history. Yeah. There's no, like, well, they, like, they built it on the ground of, like, something that was there before. Like, the closest right. I can come, again, this is a problem, like, not having JSTOR or more, more in-depth resources. But but there uh-huh. were other other abbeys that like even that like Clovis had built just a couple generations before that she may have gone to. But right. I don't know where this Notre Dame nonsense is coming from, and I don't think Nobody I don't does. think Gregory said it in uh, 
in mm-hmm. his in his uh, histories of the Franks. They don't seem to be getting it from right. Greg. <laughs> like right. So it's just a really long enduring rumor. Right, like which happens. Like who told you this? Was it Gregory? Did Greg send you? <laughs> He's a liar. Was it Greg the tool? Did he He's tell a liar you? and a saint. <laughs> Maybe she was a time traveler. Maybe. She took it would make it would explain some things. She she took <laughs> refuge in a a building that would not be completed for several centuries. It's impressive. I mean, it's pretty pretty great. She's pretty. Uh, she's a badass. She is. She should be on one of those TV shows right now about time travel. There's so many. You can Hell hardly count yeah, them. time travel queen of murder. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so she goes to the sanctuary of somewhere. Of, that's not somewhere. Maybe the Abbey of Saint Genevieve. Well, I'll never know. Not until. Uh, I don't know. A better historian than I am tells me because it wasn't it wasn't the <laughs> Notre Dame because that's impossible. Right. And uh, I could look up where it was from, but I don't want to embarrass anyone because it's just stupid. That's mm-hmm. just stupid. So she goes with her yeah. her infant son. She has a number of children. Oh. Um, I think the right. only ones that live are the son and she has an older daughter. Pretty much, pretty much okay. everyone else has died from like dysentery, which is normal. The Oregon, the, the Oregon time. Trail hits everyone, even in the Middle Ages. <laughs> yes. Oh man. And there's a. Uh, I read somewhere that she like poisoned some of her nephews with dysentery. But, oh. Uh, that sounds a bit much. I think it'd be easier if she just like stabbed them. Right. Or got. She often like had other people stab other people. She had a lot of wealth. She often got pretty much anyone she could get. Like, she got priests and sometimes bishops, clergy, thugs, brigands, anyone she could get on a payroll or bribe and had them go and stab people or poison people or whatever. Um, Well, of course, when you are a queen, why would you do it yourself? Yeah, why would you you ever go do it yourself? Right. Uh, Right. Like, if I... If I could pay someone to have them clean my house, I'm going to have someone else clean my house. Exactly. If they didn't do it, then sometimes she'd just kill them instead. They're like, sorry, I didn't uh, manage to kill so-and-so. She's like, well, (laughs) it'd be a shame to not kill someone. Well, and not only that, but I don't want you going around telling people I was trying to get them killed. Right. (laughs) They already know. Because that's a problem for the future (laughs) They already know enough. They know enough already. Yep. So bye. So bye. Uh, so she she fled she fled to Paris. Um, okay. Gosh, not to Notre Dame because that's stupid. Nope. She not to Notre she has Dame. such takes on the role of queen regent, and she she's such a badass. She continues to rule basically on her own, uh, controlling the day to day operations of the realm. Okay. Like. That's pretty awesome. It's the Middle Ages. She's yeah, a queen. This is great. this is not like modern day where no. where your followers will kind of respect that you're in charge. Like the Mm-mm. her followers are warriors. They're people that expect uh, payment and like land or treasure from people captured or battles right. won. Uh, so you you kind of have to keep winning to get anything like have them keep being loyal to you. Yeah, uh, but she keep she keeps ruling successfully. Uh, alliances, sending armies into the field. She, she's just she's crushing it. And killing she's it. killing it, killing everyone, absolutely everyone. Yeah, <laughs> anyone who is a threat, whoever she feels anyone like. who's a threat to her or her infant son or her daughter, just murders the hell out of them. So what she gonna do? Um, so she rules solo for like a decade or so. Uh, captures several cities near Paris. Allies with uh, the Kingdom of Burgundy. Uh, when good old Burgundy wins the throne for her son, and just beat the hell out of uh, Theodebert, who's acting. Sure, you know Theodebert. Yeah, he's my favorite. Love Everyone the knows Theodebert. <laughs> everyone's crickets. everyone's Cricket everyone's sounds. everyone in this uh, i was telling chirp chirp i forget it was earlier or in the actual podcast but the problem with this era is that after a while everyone's name sounds the same 
Right. They all end in Bert. And Bert or Gund or Fred or Greg, and I don't know yeah. anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, so she's continually fighting with uh, Brunhilde, who's still alive and kicking. They're like the two most successful ladies. It's kind of awesome. That's amazing. Uh, she, meaning Fredegon, does have some trouble with her daughter, though, who's like, you need, you're like so freaking old. Why don't you retire? Uh, she tries right. to marry her daughter off uh, to the Visigoths, but it doesn't turn out well. Okay. Um, yeah, it never works out well with the Visigoths. We learned that it already. Doesn't, it doesn't work out well. So uh, one thing I read made it sound like it was intended to go wrong. Another made it sound like it just, it was an accident. But she never mm. actually makes it to the wedding. On the way, her she gets robbed. Like, her entire dowry just gets, like, grabbed. Wow. And she returns back, like, with nothing. I just imagined her, like, returning back in, like, this carriage with a broken wheel, like, dress ripped, muddy, crying. <laughs> like, mom. <laughs> mom, I, the Cinderella thing happened to me, and it sucked. This is the worst non-wedding <laughs> ever. Oh, uh, my glass slippers. I need to take a nap for four days. Uh, so... The 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 one anecdote that is told all the time, uh, like the Visigoths wouldn't take the daughter, and the mother and the daughter were now uh, like living at home and were getting into fights because Fredegund wouldn't give up the throne. Right, she's obsessed with that power. And man. the daughter's like, "Well, I want to be queen." The mom's like, "No," and they didn't really get along. Uh, mm-hmm. So the highlight of their their fight, their feud was apparently one time when the daughter came home or came out. Uh, and Freddie was apparently in the treasure room picking out jewels, asked the daughter to go grab something for her out of a particularly huge treasure chest. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the daughter reached in to grab it. Freddie closed the chest on her head and choked <gasps> her until she got her act together. What? <laughs> and some on her head. And some uh, I thought it was gonna be her hands. <laughs> no, she like her whole body. And some accounts are like, yeah, like straight up tried to kill her until what? people stopped her and like saved her. Oh my gosh, man, that's you got. I understand why you don't get along with your mom. She's the worst. Yeah, and all. <laughs> there are a couple uh, pretty entertaining. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a lithograph or a painting. Uh-huh. Anyway, a rendition of the act. (laughs) The princess does not look like she's having fun. She's like, oh, God, why did I get in this chest? (laughs) Well, yeah. This was such a bad idea. Never trust your mother (laughs) again. My mom's such a murderer. Everything's terrible. (laughs) My mom's such a murderer. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, I just wanted to be queen. Oh, she's murdering me. No. Well, eventually Fredegon hands hands the reins off to her son when he's old enough. Right. Uh, And then she dies peacefully in her bed in Paris in 597. Are you serious? Nobody poisons her or anything? Uh, She ruled for 40 years, killed everyone, lived for for revenge, just mm, just live for it. Tasty, tasty Oh, man, so the... The cherry on top, the only person who'd ever, like, really alluded to her, her arch nemesis, Brunhilde. Uh-huh. So, Fredegund's son eventually settled that once and for all. He captured the Brunhilde when she was 60 years old. Still a queen, still, like, rocking it. Because Brunhilde was, was that equally, like, awesome queen. She was kind of... Right. Like, they killed her husband, but then... I want to say she married one of her nephews. I don't know if that worked. I don't forget Ew. if that worked out or not. Sure. So the son captures the six-year-old Brunhilde, puts her on the rack for three days, and then has her drawn and quartered by horses. Wow. Mom would have been so proud. In case people don't know, um, drawing and quartering is just they tie your limbs to different horses, and then they make them run different directions till they pull them off. Yeah, you're you're just torn up by horses. And then you die most likely of blood loss, really, so it's still pretty bad. Yeah, you're awake for this. Yeah, there's not a much more painful death I don't know of. Well, I mean, the wreck for three days probably wasn't great. 
Right, but she didn't die. Yeah, uh, yeah. None of none of the ways you don't live after your corner. None of the ways to be tortured and killed in the Middle Ages are pleasant. I mean, torture is never really pleasant, right? <laughs> but that's true. They're especially bad. Then, I don't even I know if like. they considered it torture. I think they just considered it a long execution. Probably. Uh, but uh, back to Gregory. He didn't like Fredegund for many reasons, some of which she just wasn't, she wasn't down with the church as much. She wasn't, she didn't right. put her energies towards the church as much. Um, Chilperic, her, her once husband, uh, mm-hmm. believed that Gregory had slandered her, which I'm, which I'm okay. sure he did. Right. And Sounds like he they, was. Uh, they didn't like, they didn't right like then. each other. I, I think at some point... Gregory was one of the bishops that she was trying to bribe. Just one, just okay. one incident of many. Um, yeah. But Chilprick put him on trial for, I think, treason. Uh, hmm. For, you know, slandering a queen, which would have gotten rid of his uh, appointment as bishop and also been execution. Right. Clearly, it did not work. But he wasn't a big fan. Mm-hmm. That will create some problems. That will problems. create some, some issues. Yeah. So she died peacefully in her sleep, cartoonishly, overwhelmingly evil. Her <laughs> her son went on to, like, unite all the Merovingians and just, like, be awesome. And then, and then, oh, and then, he sounds then lovely. France, like, became great forever Ooh. on. It's one of the evil ladies. Gosh, they're great. Yeah. I mean... It, I just, I love her evil lady feud between two awesome right? ladies. That makes me really happy. Like, the main story here isn't even, like, her versus, like, other dudes. I mean, a little mm-hmm. bit, in a way, it's her versus Greg. Her versus the world. Right. But, like, her lifelong enemy was Brunhilde. The only yeah. person who ever, who only ever matched her. Who, oh, who, oh, blah, blah, blah. Delete all this. Okay. Well, see, and now all I want to do is learn about Brunhilde. Uh, Let me see. Let me find something. Well, no, I don't mean right now. I mean, like, she deserves her own episode, sounds like. Yeah. Oh, no. Her picture on Wikipedia is her, like, being dragged around by horses. Oh, She was a princess of the Spanish Visigoths. Well, that'll do it. Uh, Like, those Visigoths, we always get problems. she, She was apparently an efficient ruler. But this and her forceful okay. personality brought her into conflict with nobles and the church and other Merovingians. Cue my eye roll. Yeah. Her forceful I personality. Because she's a woman in forceful charge. Forceful <laughs> I never say that about dudes. Right. Uh, but, like, most of her her basic, basic snapshot of, like, the most important stuff. Yeah. Summary. It's all, like, the women, which is great. Mm-hmm. Her bitter feud with Fredegund, who murdered Brunhilde's sister, Galswintha, to replace her as queen of the kingdom of Soissons? Soissons? Soy sauce? Soy sauce. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with soy sauce. Last until Fredegund. Yeah. Delicious, delicious. <laughs> Lasted until the, the French kingdom of soy sauce. <laughs> Lasted yeah. until Fredegund's death. <laughs> uh, Fredegund had Brunhilde's husband murdered and Brunhilde imprisoned for a period. It was continued by Fredegund's son, Clothar II. Clothar. I know, right? Clothar II. These names. <laughs> Who in 613 defeated Brunhilde in battle and had her executed by horse. Well, poop. Uh, so once again, happy Women's Month Day. Woohoo, yeah, international ladies. Women are great. Just because they're evil doesn't mean we shouldn't learn about them. That's we right. Should, we should learn about them more. I don't know about more. Equally to other important Equally. women. Equally. <laughs> yes. It's like that thing. It's like, we need more strong women. It's like, we just need more women. We just need more women. Right. They don't have to be strong. Although, I mean, this one certainly was. They just w- have to was. be there. This one certainly was, but. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And so was Sheila, but yeah. you know, that's it's hard to be an evil lady, I feel like, and not a strong lady. Right. Otherwise you don't hear about them. Yeah. Well and it's it's hard to be evil without being forceful. It's true. You I mean you could be privately evil, I suppose, but Or like a, a cowardly evil. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Uh, a wor- a worm tongue esque evil. Yeah, you just whisper mean things <laughs> in the hallways. I am the evil that 
is I turn into a rat and hide in a boy's room for decades. <laughs> Very sinister. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I feel like there were maybe not as many laughs on this episode because a lot of it was Merovingian history. I mean, that's 101. okay. I learned a lot, and that's what matters. I, know, I learned a lot, too, and then I had to share all of it. I'm sorry. That's sorry, okay. not Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Not sorry. You're all stars for listening. Yes. And if you would rate us with five stars on iTunes, that would be great. <laughs> five stars would not draw in quarter with horses. Yeah, not at all. Um, but seriously, though, if you could rate us on iTunes, that would be great. We, it's so, we really it's so important. It. We're, it doesn't seem important, but I promise it is. Yeah, like the podcast is just like a lonely... It's like Tom Hanks in Castaway right now. We just have a volleyball. It's just like us yelling to a volleyball. We need we need human <laughs> contact. We need your messages and bottles. Right. Wilson ain't going to cut Oof. it. Thank you for joining us, Thank though. You. And, um, Thank you. Even if you don't rate and review, we still appreciate you. We understand. We, we totally. understand that you left us on an island to die. It's fine. It's okay. It's whatever. <laughs> you know. You were busy. We, we understand. understand. You, did, you did what you could. <laughs> uh, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, concerns, I don't know, uh, we have a, an email address, uh, hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com, where you can send us, you know, anything really that you want. But specifically, if you sent us uh, people to talk about or events or things, we would love that. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, whatever. And. And we'll give you a shout out. We'll give you a shout out. We want to talk about people and about stuff and about emails. We have a... And we want to talk about what you want us to talk about. Hell yeah. We have a website, Mm -hmm. hystericalhistory.simplecast.fm, where we have links to our iTunes, our Google Play, uh, where... Facebook, Twitter. Facebook, Twitter. All that good stuff. Um, Everything you could ever want. Where you can subscribe if you want a reminder when new episodes come out. You can also listen to all our previous episodes. Yeah, which, you know, are great. They're about sky meat and Napoleon and robots and just all sorts of crap. What was that? Was that your phone? <laughs> yeah, my phone's vibrating. Someone's trying to call <laughs> Shame. me. Shame. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's. Thanks for let's listening. Say goodbye. Bye, you, you, you people, you great people. You'll hear us next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.